All right, our pet chat team are here. Cheryl Shaw, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. And we almost thought we were going to have Dr. Fiona on time today. <laughs> she thought, and you can back me up, won't you, Cheryl? <sighs> Yep. That she was taking a personal phone call a couple of minutes ago. Look, throw me under the bus, why don't you, Mark? <laughs> it's all right. I'm here and I'm on time and, and I'm ready to go. And ready to answer the zillions of pet Absolutely. questions. Absolutely, bring it on. It's whether it's your pet dog, your pet bird, your pet hubby, it doesn't matter. You'll you'll take take them, won't you? Absolutely. Maybe not the hubby one. Now, Cheryl, <laughs> oh, no, I'd be good at that. Oh, really? Yeah. All <laughs> yeah. right. Well, there you go, ladies. One for you today. Now, okay. Cheryl, we're on Brooch Watch with you. I can see a dog. Yep. Underneath a round, uh, is that like a ball? It is. Dog balls? No. Well, we have to be careful no? about this, Mark. This topic isn't about dogs' balls. It's not the test. <laughs> okay. So dogs, the, the balls that you throw for your a- dog. Absolutely. Yeah? Playing ball and fetch and <sighs> some pros and cons. So <sighs> we'll be careful with this one. <laughs> please, please do. I'm already in trouble on this already. <laughs> All right. Throwing things and playing fetch and keeping your dog entertained, Cheryl. It is. And fetch is one of the number one games for dogs. And dogs absolutely love to play a game of fetch. Now, the reason they love to play it's because it's helping them with their predatory drive. So a lot of dogs have in their DNA from when back in the time when they had to go and fetch things to eat. They would um, obviously chase things. So chasing a ball, sometimes that ball is bouncing and they're having to jump up and catch it. And so what's actually happening with that, it's helping them to um, to retrieve if in the case of in the olden days when they were out feeding for them or fending for themselves to catch something and it may be a small animal. And I don't know if you've ever noticed when a dog catches a ball, some dogs will actually shake their head from side to side. Now, it's an interesting thing. Why they are doing that is it's in that DNA. If they catch a small rabbit, say, then they've got to kill it. And the way they kill it is by shaking it. And as they shake from side to side, it breaks the neck of the small prey that they've caught. So this is why you'll see some dogs when you're throwing the ball, they'll catch it and just give it a shake before they return it to you. Now, one of the things with balls, we have to be really careful when we're playing fetch with dogs that we don't overdo it because over-exercising can cause a lot of stress on the muscles and the ligaments of the dog and can cause injury. And in particular, a dog that is jumping up to catch a high ball, as they're jumping up, if they twist, they can actually, while they've got that ligament stretched, can rupture or tear the ligament. And this is quite a common thing, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. If there's one thing that gives me shivers at the park, it's watching people throw balls and their dog jumping up really high to grab it and land because it's that landing that you do worry about, particularly, the, as you said, the cruciate ligaments in the knee, yeah. definitely. So uh, that's one thing. I won't play ball with my dogs. I'd rather them just have a soft toy and play a little bit of tug or, or you know, in, entertain each other. It's a bit of a, um, a, a bit of a fine line, isn't it? Because we talk so often, particularly with certain breeds of dogs, that they've got to be exercised, yeah. be stimulated, all yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. But now we're saying, well, if you do too much of it, you'll have these other problems. So. Yeah. It I, is a real fine line. Yeah. There's and, a lot of things to consider. Yeah, I think common sense is one of the things that should mm. prevail always when, when whatever you're doing with your animals. But particularly when you're playing, just think about how much exercise they've had, what breed of dog it is as well, because some dogs have a higher, you know, sort of exercise fitness mm. level that they can cope with. But I think it's really important to, um, again, with when you are playing ball, when you're finished, the ball needs to be put away <laughs> because some dogs become really compulsive about a ball. And so instead of um, sort of relaxing and just settling down, they'll stand or they'll sit and they'll just be fixated on their ball. They'll just keep watching it, mm. hoping that someone is going to pick it up and throw them 
you know, throw the ball for them. And so often this happens. People will go, oh, a dog wants to still play, mm-hmm. and off they go. So put that ball away because this is a problem for a lot of dogs that have um, OCD. So if they're just fixated on their ball, they're not relaxing, they're not switching off, so we've got to put it away. Now, another thing is with balls. Tennis balls in particular, the good old tenno, we all often play tennis ball with the mm-hmm. dog. But what happens, tennis balls can actually be quite dangerous. Dogs love them because when they put them in the mouth and they squish, squishy them down or bite on them, they squish down and then they come back up. And the dogs love that sensation in their mouth. So it's one of those interesting things. You'll sometimes see, um, in particular, Labradors, they'll get multiple balls. They'll have you know, <laughs> three or five balls in their mouth and just be walking around with them. But tennis balls pose a bit of a problem is sometimes when a dog bites hard on them they'll actually split in two and when they split in two it can become a problem that they can either get stuck in the back of the mouth or the throat and cause an obstruction and this is a common thing too with tennis balls have you seen this Fiona? Yeah absolutely Um, dogs love chewing balls as we've discussed and often pieces of ball are a very common gastrointestinal obstruction that end up needing to be surgically removed. So definitely if the ball is not 100% intact, absolutely throw it out. Yep, get rid of it. There are balls that have a hole in them that um, if a dog does swallow, there's a special designer balls that have a hole in them so it doesn't obstruct their airway. Oh, wow. Yeah, yep. So there is a designer ball out there. So if people are interested and they're they're concerned about a dog that is, you know, a potential swallower, that's one (laughs) of the things that they need to consider. The other thing with tennis balls is the felt on the outside of them. Dogs love that. Some of them sit there and sort of chew at it and get it stuck in their teeth and then that becomes a problem because it comes quite smelly. We often see that in small dog breeds when we're grooming, having to sort of go, um, your dog's chewing the felt on the ball. <laughs> but sometimes they strip it off and that can also get stuck as an intestinal. So we need to make sure that we're just making anything that that ball is even the sm- smallest bit um, deteriorating that it gets shot out. The other thing is with the... Um, With the tennis balls, they collect saliva and dirt and sand if you're playing on the beach. And that causes a problem which is called blunting in dogs, where their teeth um, wear down because of the abrasive action of the tennis ball. So it's really important to make sure that, you know, you probably switch from a tennis ball to something, a rubber ball or something a little bit more suitable so you stop doing any um, damage to the teeth. It's actually, sorry, Cheryl, if I can um, uh, jump in. It's actually amazing how easily that happens as well. You know, a dog that loves chasing balls at the ten- at the beach or even the tennis ball, just that felt surface alone can often be enough to abrade the teeth down. So if your dog loves carrying balls around or you do spend a lot of time at the beach, do have a look at their teeth and make sure they're not being worn down. Yeah, I know my daughter's poodle, its its teeth or her teeth are really worn down from playing tennis balls. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I must say, Sherry, thanks for bringing up some very traumatic childhood memories here. As soon as you referred to the tennis ball as the tenno, all of a sudden I'm thinking backyard cricket as kids, you're trying to, you know, hit the ball to the boundary to get a four to win the game. The dog would race in and grab it. The the dog's part of the game now. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Time and place. All right. G'day, uh, Mary at Budgie Boy. Uh, Your budgie is eating paper. What's happening, Mary? Well, I, I did think, hi, how are you all going? Good, Mary. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I thought he was actually eating it. Um, I change his seed every second day. He has fresh water every day. He's got a swing. Um, he's perch with sandpaper. Why is he tearing the paper up? 
Oh, Mary, that's such a nice little thing. He's entertaining himself by just shredding the pieces of paper. So he's a busy little bird. Just make sure that the paper that you've got in the cage, I presume it's the paper that you're lining the bottom of the cage with. Is, is that right? Yes, yep. yes. Just make sure that it's not got anything that could be toxic in it because if he does ingest any of this, we want to make sure that the paper is just sort of fairly natural. So a little bit of kitchen paper, that would be ideal. Oh, okay. So I'm using just the newspaper, so not a good idea? No, I wouldn't be using the newspaper because that contains print and we don't want him to have any of that print um, toxicity. So definitely just use some paper towel and, and um, he'll still rip that up and enjoy it. Ladies, not right now, but a little bit later. I know you're very, very excited. Another dog, another cat of the week. Absolutely. Oh, wow. To share that excitement, Fiona. Don't Ooh. get too excited about it. <laughs> um, there is something, though, that is, has been hovering in the Maitland area as of late, and uh, we need to have a yarn about that. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a disease called parvovirus, which our listeners may have heard of, heard, of, heard about uh, on the news recently. It is can be a fatal disease for dogs, in particular puppies. And it the virus particles hang around in the environment for a really, really, really long time. So the best way to protect your puppy and your adult dog is to get them vaccinated because most of the time a fully vaccinated dog will not get parvovirus, whereas an unvaccinated or an incompletely vaccinated dog is at very high risk of parvovirus, particularly if it's been in the environment and it sounds like it is around um, the Maitland area. So high risk um, for any puppies or unvaccinated dogs. So what should dog owners be on the lookout for in terms of symptoms, signs, things like that? Yeah, sure. So definitely more common in younger dogs, probably I'd say 90 to 95% of the time they're under six months of age. Uh, Lethargy, vomiting, diarrhoea, just being really flat um, without going into too much gory sure. detail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bloody I think we got a kind of picture there. Yeah. <laughs> Vomiting bloody yeah. diarrhea is a big right. is a big big um, concern and definitely warrants a call to your vet. Absolutely. So if if your dog is is in that sort of symptomatic range, well, that's a nice term, isn't it? Symptomatic range. <laughs> um, I mean, how long have we got before it becomes a really super big problem? By the time they're showing those signs, it already is a super big problem. Mm. Um, So the earlier you can catch them, the more chance you have of treating them. But it can be very intense. Uh, It can be um, extremely expensive and time committing to treat. Mm. So that's why vaccination is the logical prevention because it will work. And another thing on that, Fiona, a lot of it's like people to ring ahead with with suspect of um, parvo. So just you can give the heads up to the veterinarian that you're coming in with a dog that's unwell and they'll give you instructions of how to um, be admitted. That's a really good point because the last thing we want is the parvovirus infection in the clinic. So there are various um, isolation techniques we use and handling techniques to keep other pets in the in the hospital safe, as well as uh, minimising exposure to your own pet. Yeah, well, that's a fair call because you'll have pets that are in there unwell for other things and the last thing you wanted to do is load them up with something that's really detrimental on the way out. Absolutely, which is why any parvovirus case will be treated in an isolation ward. Uh, there'll be one vet and one nurse responsible for that pet and they will not deal with any other Uh, puppies that day to minimise those cross-contaminations as well. And I guess just to clarify, there's a cat parvovirus, there's a dog parvovirus and there's a people parvovirus, but they're all different Mm. and they can't be um, 
only they're species specific. Yeah, yeah, we can't we can't get theirs; they can't get ours. Correct, and, 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 and all of that. Correct. All right. Well, I think we got that covered. We have our dog and cat of the week. Look, we'll start when in Dogland today. An eight-year-old Labrador known as Gizmo. Now, how well, he used to be a, a service dog, so he's kind of um, you know been there, seen there, done it all. Um, does have a few health requirements at the moment, but he's calm, loving, friendly with both people and dogs, which is always handy, ladies, isn't it? When you know that that you can kind of remove that from your your worry bank straight away. Yeah, it ticks a lot lot of boxes. Absolutely, I think he'd be fairly low maintenance, fairly easy, lovely company for someone would be fairly bomb-proof. I mean, obviously, we don't know the ins and outs of him, but he would be um, a beautiful pet. And, you know, if someone can give him a loving home for the last few years of his life, I'm sure he'd be very appreciative. And also is a gentle dog with kids, although keep in mind he's not the smallest dog around, so he might <laughs> knock the littlies flying. So just keep that uh, in mind as well. But, yeah, hopefully we can get him uh, to a nice, uh, loving home. Gizmo. Purebred Labrador. He looks really sweet. He really does, really mm. does. Cheryl, another dog for you? No, no, the inn's full. Uh, David says no. <laughs> Come on, David, be a sport. Um, moving to our cat of the week. How about this? Stormy, a nice, just a black cat. Nice, simple. Love, love Stormy. Um, at the moment, he's a little bit shy, but will suit a home that is happy to give him a bit of time to settle in and gain that confidence around. He apparently will like to come up to you and get his treats and get some attention um, and is becoming a bit of a, an attention-loving cat at the moment. But again, needs that patient home that may be able to spend a bit of time with him as well, uh, an inside home uh, as well. And so sounds pretty good. What do yeah, you reckon? I think all cats should be inside. Yeah, that's a big thing for you, Cheryl. Mm, I know. It is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Stormy looks so nice. I'm sure someone's going to absolutely love him. He's very handsome. handsome. Fiona, new cat for you? The rule about cats in our house is if they can, the dogs have to say okay first. So it's given we have a greyhound and a terrier, it's probably a no for now. It's probably a no. (laughs) We'll we'll come back and check with you in five or six years, maybe. (laughs) Let's see how we go. All right. Um, if you would like to uh, add an addition to your family, uh, whether it be Stormy, whether it be uh, Gizmo, or uh, some of our other options as well from past weeks, uh, head up to the Pet Chat page and click on the Dog and Cat of the Week at 2NURFM.com.au. Pet Chat is the name of the game. And, um, ladies, a, a topic that we haven't really covered for quite a while, but uh, a lot of folks have been talking about it, is uh, pet insurance, Fiona. Yeah, look, I thought I'd touch on it because I had two um, new puppies come in yesterday and pet insurance is one of the things that I always mention to people because not everyone realises that it's a thing, that mm. insurance exists for pets. And now there's lots of different covers you can get. Um, so you can get accident-only cover, which is things like broken legs, hit by car, sort of the accident stuff. You can get accident and illness, which is all your illnesses and disease as well. And then the, you've got top-level cover, which is premium essentially, which sometimes even covers desexing, vaccination, worming, preventatives, those sorts of things. Um, insurance is like, it's like any other type of insurance. You can, you can pay your premiums monthly and never use them, or you can thank your lucky stars that you've got it. And mm. these days, premium pet care has a premium cost because veterinary practices are businesses. There's no such thing as Medicare when it comes to pets. <laughs> um, so it can be a Wouldn't real... Wouldn't that be yeah, that's that would be brilliant. Thing. I love it. We'll just put that in the suggestion yep, box. Yeah, keep that one. Keep that <laughs> one for, for next time. Um, yeah, so 
good quality pet care can be very expensive. So insurance can be something that's really, really handy to have. Um, things to consider when you do, when you're looking into pet insurance are things like, for example, waiting, waiting um, periods. Often there'll be a period of time between taking out insurance um, before that cover comes into play. Uh, and the other thing to consider is pre-existing conditions. So if you have a condition, let's let's use an example, um, an ear infection. Okay. If your pet has an ear infection and then short, sometime after that you take out pet insurance, then the insurance may not cover an ear infection because it's considered what we call a pre-existing disease. Um, it's very unfortunate and very frustrating, but that's just the way it works. And that's sort of in having worked in insurance land in a, in a previous life. I mean, that's just, that's an insurance thing. I mean, It's part and parcel of insurance. Yeah, they're not going to yeah. cover you for something that's that's already there. Uh, yes. I mean, that's uh, that's what your own pocket's for. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Know, essentially. Absolutely. And things like annual limits. So some... Um, some insurance companies will have an annual limit with which they will pay out. So things like diabetes or arthritis or heart disease that are ongoing conditions, you have to be mindful that if you have a limit each year and above that limit, your insurance won't kick in. You just have to be mindful of that when you when you're choosing because different insurance companies will have different limits. Yeah, and and it really is, and this is sort of more broadly to insurance generally. I mean, you have to make sure that whatever policy you're looking at, understand what it does and doesn't cover you for. Because Absolutely. Because the last thing we want, Fiona, is folks coming in in their own mind believing they're covered for X, and then you have to be the one to say, uh, you know. Sorry, it doesn't, and then you get the blowback for that, and that's it's. it's does that happen often? Not often, but not infrequently. So it's you know you'll have a uh, often a discussion with an a client with an older pet, and they've just been diagnosed with a lifelong disease or illness, and it's not uncommon for people to say, oh, "I only cancelled his insurance last year." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it's a tricky one. There's no right or wrong answer, but. It's just such peace of mind to have it. Yeah. And uh, Jenny from Fern Bay uh, did give us a call. Uh, wanting, uh, ha- had some advice for pet insurance owners, say it only covers one vaccination for you. Look, again, as with any insurance, th- thanks for that, Jenny. But any insurance, it's going to cover you as long as you know what you're covered for. Read uh, the fine print. Yeah, and make yeah. sure you don't have <laughs> expectations that are what you expect because it might not necessarily be what's yeah. there. There's a really good cover um, that, that you can check out through your Choice magazine. They've done a lot of comparisons with um, the different pet insurances. So if you're really starting out to look at what you want to do with the pet insurance, have a look at Choice and just see what suggestions that they've put forward. Absolutely. There's yeah. There's so many different out, uh, so many different options out there. Different levels of cover, mm. um, different premium costs. Yeah. Um, some suitable for young pets, some suitable for older mm. pets. But yeah, do your research. All right, ladies. So we are pretty much done for the day. So Fiona, Dr. Fiona, thank you so much as My always. My pleasure. And Cheryl Shaw, thank you as well. You, you almost thought we were going to start um, getting you for some more topics today, but you said no, no. You got a, you got a really couple of really cool topics for weeks ahead now. Absolutely. We haven't got many next left. Week. There's only about I don't know, not many pet shows uh, left for the rent of the year. I'd say four, six. I'd say eight, maybe eight? nine. Oh, we've got all but these Don't topics. quote me on that. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> all these topics. Okay. All right, pet, pet Chat back next week at 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>